0: and welcome back to Brace. Today, Tommy and I are going to be talking about holidays, traditions, and some of the importance around the liturgical calendar when it comes to holidays. You should be hearing this episode shortly before or during the Christmas season. So we are excited to wish you a happy
1: Christmas. Tommy, what is your favorite holiday? Well, good morning, Paul. My favorite holiday is Christmas. And the reason my favorite holiday is Christmas is because we have a three-day baked-in tradition. On Christmas Eve, the whole family comes to my mom and dad's house. My dad makes a wonderful prime rib dinner with Yorkshire pudding, I believe is what it's called and it's just fun you know my dad's going to drink too much wine we're all going to me my brother and sister we're all going to open up our pajamas that's the one christmas eve present we get to open we are all going to sit down and watch step brothers on christmas eve <laughs> and go to bed and let my parents bring out the presents from you know santa that's that's just day one of, of Christmas for me. And then the actual day of Christmas is a lazy day. My dad makes quiche. We have that in the morning with mimosas as we open up stockings and then share the presents that each of the children got for the family. That's the initial opening ceremony. After that, we'll open all the presents from our parents. And after present opening is done, we'll sit, we'll eat, we'll play the new board games we got, we'll play the new video games we got, and we just spend the day together. In that, we also invite the rest of the family to come over if they want. Usually there's a Cavs game on, and we'll drink and be peaceful and enjoy. And to wrap it all up, the third day of Christmas, we all go over to my grandparents' house, where in essence we do another day of gift giving and gift receiving. And I just love the overall experience of being with family and enjoying one another's company. Yeah,
0: that's pretty wonderful. If you had, first of all, has this always been the tradition with your family as far back as you can
1: remember? So... As far back as I can remember, we've always been getting pajamas on Christmas <laughs> Eve. I think prior to maybe when I was 10, we would be allowed to open a present. Mm-hmm. But the tradition turned into, it's we know what the present's going to be. And it's going to be a brand new set of pajamas my mom's already washed. And I remember when I was 10, I got angry at my mom because I wanted to choose a different present, right? The, the tradition hadn't been fully baked in yeah. and I almost ruined Christmas. My mom was crying. I was angry, but I was 10 years old. I didn't, I, we didn't have a clear communication between us, but my dad told me, you're going to need to go down and apologize to your mom or there might be nothing tomorrow. And, you know, after that, I, I, it essentially got baked in that, you know, this is what we do. This is going to be the tradition and to not mess with that.
0: Well, and right. There's a degree of difficulty around the start of a tradition. The first time it isn't traditional, right? You're just doing something. So, when the first time you're opening pajamas you're saying oh all i got is is pajamas this is you know this is a not great start to christmas
1: what an but ungrateful little kid i was you know we're all little
0: kids that want things in the past and almost never is the thing we want pajamas so i give you forgiveness for that i find that really funny though my christmas traditions around my family as well included the one present being opened on Christmas Eve. I wonder if that's, you know, not universal but a, a pretty common tradition for families to have.
1: Yeah. I don't know where it came from necessarily, but I've heard of other families doing that. I know that it wasn't until I was maybe 14 or 16 that I started to be involved in the tradition of the stepbrothers viewing party. <laughs> That was always something my parents would have on when us kids went to bed while they got all the presents out and and set up for the next morning. But now they've pushed that back after the stepbrothers viewing. And it's just, like I said, my dad's drank too much wine. We're all, you know, a little intoxicated and we all just get to sit down and laugh at the hysterical nature of stepbrothers.
0: I have to admit, I'm a little disappointed that your Will Ferrell Christmas movie of choice isn't Elf, but that's
1: (laughs) neither here nor there. Just remember, at the end of Step Brothers, it's Christmas and they get the Chewbacca masks. Okay, so there is a Christmas element to this movie
0: there's a christmas scene you mean okay sure <laughs> i'll agree with you no but and what's funny about that as well for me at least Step Brothers came out when i was 13 so the idea of that being the lifelong tradition i it wouldn't have i guess i probably wouldn't have been allowed to watch it just like you said at you know 11 or whatever because there are definitely some adult themes in that movie but that is a a really funny tradition that I'm glad that you can now enjoy with your family. And I'm a big fan of those things that sound a little bit more atypical when you're just saying, these are the traditions that my family have you go stepbrothers, why stepbrothers? Right. (laughs) But it, it also makes it more intimate and personal for, for you and your family members that, you know, if you go to uh, another party and stepbrothers is
1: playing on the TV you kind of think of your family, right? For sure, for sure. It's it's a reminder of that little subculture that we have as a family. That's Paul, awesome. I'm I'm curious, what is your favorite holiday and why? It's a great question. At different times in my
0: life, I probably would have answered it differently, but now my favorite holiday is Thanksgiving. And similar to you, it is because I have family traditions around that holiday that allows us to be together for multiple days and for us to enjoy the time that we spend. So the big day, Thanksgiving itself, usually has my brother cooking, having Thanksgiving at his house with a turkey that was raised at the farm at the end of his street, as well as certain members of my family making the certain side dishes. But the meal itself really is secondary to me compared to the time that we're spending together. So usually my oldest sister will be coming into town maybe the weekend before Christmas, my mom earlier in the week, my other sister and her family early in the week. And as much as we can, we all spend three, four, five, maybe six days together doing stuff. And it's not the same every time. Uh, Usually there's some element of shopping the day after Christmas. Usually there's some element of, you know, relaxation in the evening of Thanksgiving and playing games. One of the ones that we've done recently is Jackbox games. Are you familiar with those? Oh, those are a blast. So for anybody that doesn't know, there are games basically that you can put up on the TV where you have a controller on your phone, so you just you know kind of log on to the internet and put in the the game room passcode. and then everyone that's around there has their controller, which is their phone. And you're doing all this silly stuff. So Quiplash is one of our favorites where we're making yeah. each other laugh. There's a lot of really fun games, but it and then you know everybody's making coffee and tea and eating pie and and whatever else, cobbler. Uh, as we go. And and usually somewhere along the way there, the tryptophan kicks in and I take a long nap on the couch. Uh, Regardless, the the time period around Thanksgiving for me is the most family centric time of the year. My sister is a a missionary and because of that, she doesn't usually get to come home for Christmas. So we actually called it Thanksmas for a while in our family. That's kind of gone away because now usually I'm getting to spend Christmas with some members of my family, it's not usually the same anymore, though, because my brother has, you know, his family and they go to their in-laws, and my sister has hers. So I'm usually tagging along with one of my siblings, and and I love that so much. Being able to be around the kids, focusing on the next generation, is wonderful. But for Thanksgiving, having us all together is, is a really special thing, and I I enjoy that a lot.
1: I, I got to give a couple of short stories just about thanksgiving because same here there are a ton of traditions baked in and the one tradition that still lives on and was going on i don't know if it was before i was born or if it was when i was really little but my family had all gotten together at my great-grandparents house so i'm pretty sure it started before i had been born and I have my mom, who's 10 years older than my aunt. So my aunt is 16 years older than me, but she's always seemed like an older sister. Uh Right. At this gathering, everybody was sitting around the great grandparents' table, and they were very traditional, very conservative. And someone asked, and maybe I'm getting the story slightly wrong, but asked either my uncle or my aunt to pass the rolls so someone grabbed a roll and threw it across the table oh no and my great grandparents from the stories were aghast so <laughs> aghast <laughs> and now we make we make light of that where every thanksgiving it's the passing of the roll and someone's going to grab the roll and throw it you know whether it's a table across or you know, a few seats down, there has to be someone to throw a roll. That's so that's
0: <laughs> such a funny tradition. Like, I love how that started, though. That's a, that's such a great story And that you don't even know necessarily all the details, right? It just lives in mythos in your family. I really sure. I, I enjoy that a lot. Uh, I do want to give my moms a couple of shout outs here just on some of the Thanksgiving traditions that have meant the most my whole life. One is a side dish called Mary Morgan salad. I don't know if you've ever heard of it. I don't know anybody that has, but there's a dish that whose primary ingredient is lime jello, which sounds so weird to have for Thanksgiving. It's lime jello with crushed pineapple and celery in it. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds like the most absurd thing you can imagine, I'm sure, but it tastes awesome. I'm a big fan of it, and I wasn't as a kid because I was the pickiest kid in the world, but (laughs) As I've come into adulthood, when my mom, you know, made that for me the first time, it, you know, whatever it was, six, seven years ago, as an adult, I was like, man, this is awesome. Just because it adds another flavor to the plate. Uh, and and it's one of those sweet things. So I enjoy the cranberry sauce a lot. And I enjoy that Mary Morgan salad a lot. And the other is a tradition that goes back in our family. I don't know, 100 years, something like that, which is back before refrigeration. And that sounds like i'm I'm literally talking about the 1800s but i think early 1900s refrigeration wasn't something that was easily available everywhere as well my some level of great grandmother would make a pumpkin pie and include different coins of different values in the pie so you would put in a penny or two a nickel a dime and the big prize would be a quarter and that was to incentivize people after they've eaten their fill to still make sure you we finish the pie because you never know you might get lucky and be the one that gets a good little bit of money there so and you know if we're not going to have leftovers we're making sure everything's eaten dessert is obviously going to be the hardest thing to finish and that was something that we've done forever and now you know a quarter is worth virtually nothing with the $7 trillion that we've (laughs) printed. But that tradition of my mom uh, making a pumpkin pie and including one of each of the coins in there still lives on just for the lore of it. And I find that to be awesome.
1: Your story about the, you said Mary Markham's salad? Mary Morgan salad. Mary Morgan salad reminds me of my mom's five cup salad that she makes. It's, I believe, sour cream, those little marshmallows. Oh, wow. It's coconut. And there there has to be two more ingredients, mandarin oranges. And, and I forget the last one, but this is always served. And, and we have these little blue side dishes, little side cups that we always used for that uh, as we would have Thanksgiving dinner. And similar to you, I I was never a fan of it, but, you know, my mom would continue to make it every year. And my mom and I were just talking about traditions yesterday. And due to this baked in tradition, even though at this point in my life, I still don't necessarily like it. When I one day have a family, is that going to be something that, hey, we, we got to make it, you know, what? <laughs> Whether whether we like it or not, you know, is that going to be a tradition that we weave into our own, you know, family ceremonies?
0: It's a great question. And and I really look forward to the opportunity in my own life to have a family that allows me to consider each of those holiday traditions and whether or not I hold them dear enough to continue them and also to integrate right when you're getting married and having a family. You have an entire other family's traditions that you need to, you know, sit down and consider whether or not they are something that should be continued, you know, to your kids' generation. And and that's such a a fun and cool process. And I've seen that happen with, with my siblings. I think it's to some degree difficult and to another very fruitful and fun to have the opportunity
1: to look at each holiday like that. One other topic I wanted to bring up, and I know I'm going back a little ways, but the Jackbox, the Jackbox Uh, games. Yes. It's intriguing to me that when you play with family, there will be the inside jokes of family, and maybe you're making fun of an individual for something that happened years ago. There's a baked in sense of culture into that game because... If random people outside started playing it, maybe they wouldn't laugh at the jokes being made. And I also wanted to make the distinction between Jackbox with family and Jackbox with friends, because Mm -hmm. usually that culture of the friends is very different. And it's, you know, way more crude and things that you're not necessarily going to say in front of your grandparents.
0: Very true. I've enjoyed walking that line both with the family and the friends i've played way more with the family than i have with my friends it's probably only been two or three situations where we've gotten the jack box games going with people only in my generation but when i've done that you're right it is a, a quite a degree more crude that being said it's always funny to me when the people in my parents' generation end up being the ones that are making the dirty jokes. Yeah, yes, that always happens <laughs> to some degree. And one tradition You're like that grandma, <laughs> yeah, exactly. One tradition that is pretty funny at this point that has been going on two or three years is well, my sister-in-law's parents usually end up coming for Thanksgiving as well uh, at my brother's house, who is hosting. Not always, but her dad always takes the username Shithed. <laughs> which is spelled very similar to a swear word that you might know. But regardless, it is just one of the funnier things, because then everyone just calls him that throughout the <laughs> not only the evening, but, you know, afterwards. So that is quite
1: funny. Ah, uh, the... I guess if you if you put your pronunciation somewhere else, it might. <laughs> it's, it's...
0: <laughs> there was like a gap, you know, where, where usually the letters stay oh, together. Yeah, that's, okay. that's
1: how that okay. would work out.
0: But I get you. so So, go ahead oh i if you had something you wanted to bring up for sure i do not i was going to say what else are the big traditions throughout the year not just our favorite holidays not just right now i think we would maybe have something to talk about with new year's eve maybe with the fourth of july or easter or halloween some of those big holidays that there is more of culture around and then I really want to know what you think about traditions overall and the value that they bring into people's lives.
1: Yeah, that's a great question. And as I just recount the traditions that my own family has, it makes me think about and even kind of references like that jackbox with friends. When you have a group of friends together and this group goes out, has these trials and tribulations, these ups and downs, whether that's. You know, grief or excitement because of something that everybody has that collective experience around, you create your own kind of subculture. And I think traditions are baked into the subculture you create. And when you have this subculture, these traditions, you also create a sense of excitement, a sense of expectation, roles are as in the roles people take on are, aren't well-known. And I can just think of multiple groups of friends where, you know, we've essentially named ourselves. So my, (laughs) (laughs) my friends at home uh, when I was in high school, we have a Snapchat group chat called where, and not only, you know, are we just talking in Snapchat, but when we all get together, we have those experiences and maybe they're one-off experiences, but there's expectations set within this group that you create. So it's in a sense, if we're referring back to sapiens, when, when you bring people together and you start building a culture, it's a way for everybody to feel involved in that sort of thing. A culture that you and I were a part of the goon squad at Akron, our frisbee team. Yep. Right. The the people I lived with uh, 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 a in even smaller subculture of the Goon squad was the 3-inch discs. The the five sophomores that all lived together, sorry, five juniors that all lived together, but you guys as older frisbee players all knew us as our own little subculture or group where we were the only sophomore or the only people in our class that stuck around and continued to engage with the sport and with the team. And we have our own cultures, roles, expectations of when we get together. You know, sometimes I'm I'm the one that's being the butt of the joke. But that's <laughs> also because I've developed that role in the sense that I'm willing to laugh at myself. Yep. And so I think people feel comfortable once you develop that culture. You know, Tommy's going to have the most exciting or most intriguing responses to our our kicks at him Wow! so and i i
0: specifically remember some of the subculture of three inch discs being most of them arriving to practice and then me going hey josh where's tommy at (laughs) and he goes i don't know that was that was one of my (laughs) favorite no i'm just kidding i'm just giving you a hard time but you're so right when when you think about it's funny as you were speaking about that topic, just when it comes to the roles inside of smaller groups of friends that you've established a culture with, I have a number that really came to mind. One of which is a much smaller part of my high school friends that has had a group message that's been going for a long time. And even though the friend group overall has morphed and changed a lot, whenever the three of us are together, We're always in the same roles and talking in the same way with each other. And one of the guys is just one of the funniest people I'll ever know. And he calls himself a glue guy. And when (laughs) his group of college friends end up in the same place as me and this other guy, it doesn't really matter. We're going to be friends with everyone in that group and everybody's together because that guy's such a glue guy, and he's cracking the jokes, and he's making connections with the people by making fun of two people from both groups, et cetera. And since it's gone on for so long, it, you know, we're basically all friends together now. It isn't just an awkward kind of split up between the, the high school friends and the college friends there, even though we didn't go to college with him. So that is is one of the really cool things, I think, about the
1: roles. And yeah, what, I, go ahead. One other part about the roles culture traditions is also the inside jokes. So again, I I may have mentioned this when talking about Jackbox, but there's going to be inside jokes that outside viewers just won't understand, but it'll have us cracking up on the floor laughing. Have you ever tried to tell someone completely
0: new an incredibly old inside joke and just fallen flat on your face? Because I did that earlier this week, and it was so funny to me because one of my friends from my lacrosse team in high school will almost only talk to me about these two jokes that I would tell back in high school. Anytime he's DMing me on Instagram or anything, it's just because he thought of one of those two jokes and thought about me and has to let me know that he's laughing at it right now. (laughs) And so I was telling this to somebody and they were like, well, tell me the joke. And I I genuinely hadn't tried to tell this joke since high school. So I was like going back a decade in my brain trying to remember all the punchlines along the way to the story. And I tell this whole story and the person doesn't laugh at all. And I was like, this didn't work. I did
1: not communicate (laughs) what was funny about this at all. But But, but you know what I mean? It might not be that the joke was funny, but the context around the joke that is enveloped within this culture, that's where the funny experience comes from yeah Uh, i think you're totally right what's the word for nostalgia the nostalgia of that time and that place that moment that can also be a big part of these traditions
0: i totally hear you
1: and you're right i think when i think back about
0: the goon squad as well there's a lot of nostalgia there for me just because That was, to some degree, the highest level of ultimate that I was ever playing, and the closest I ever was with any of my teammates. So I really enjoyed that time, and even though I know there were difficulties, I remember being frustrated at practice attendance and some of those things as we were trying to ramp up for the competitive part of the season. But that isn't what I think about when I think of the Goon Squad. I think about the great times. I think about the tournaments. I think about the hilarious car rides and some of the terrible stories that I promise I will never tell our listeners. So,
1: <laughs> well, I can think of a ton of terrible stories at high tide. Just that, that week that we were all there, a blast, you know, my friends still show me the video of me on the first day, you know, we're, we're on spring break, but it's, oh, no. it's in, uh, what was it? North, North Carolina? Carolina? Uh, Myrtle beach, excuse me. Myrtle yeah. Myrtle beach. beach. And I jump into the water with my entire uh all my clothes on and i come out screaming spring break spring break and you know that's just something i remember again the context is not necessarily there for for people to understand that but i would i would suggest to listeners think about your groups of friends and and what surrounds your culture what what makes the group a group yeah it's
0: kind of hard for me to speak about necessarily, but there was a group that I was a part of at one time that the culture to me felt like it was degenerating. And the only thing that was holding it together was the need or wish to get hammered every time they were together. And at a certain point, I just said, this isn't serving any of our lives for this to be the method of our group getting together. So we should find another way to do it. And because of that, I ended up basically not a part of that group because that group had a culture that had already been established. And even though I put in an effort to try to change it, it didn't change.
1: And I think that can be one of the most difficult parts of leaving a group or a change of tradition. I've felt the same way. I actually left my where group chat for about a year because there was a lot of picking at individuals that I didn't necessarily find funny. And I felt was, yes, a kind of a part of the culture that we had developed, but it wasn't a positive part of the culture. And it can be almost like breaking of a relationship Where you almost have grief for that loss that you have. One other instance of this happening to me was ever since I could remember, a Thanksgiving tradition was we would go and see a movie on the day of Thanksgiving, and then we would head over to my grandparents' house. And at the age of around ten or eleven, you know, I asked my mom, what are we seeing on Thanksgiving? And it was like, We're not seeing a movie, we're just going over to, you know, Noni and Baba's house. That's that's what I call my grandparents. Mm Mm-hmm. And I I remember just having a visceral reaction to like, but what do you mean? Like, this is part of what we do, right? And and so any change to that tradition or the breaking of that results in some anxiety, some worry, some loss of expectation, and can definitely be startling and to me is similar to the breaking of a relationship.
0: Yeah, and it's funny that you use that example because you would think okay, a change in the daily plan for a single holiday when it comes to watching a movie wouldn't be the biggest of deals, right? But overall, anytime we have an expectation about a tradition that it is going to continue and that we enjoy it, not that watching a movie is the biggest deal, like I said, but you enjoyed that tradition. And when unexpectedly that is thrown into turmoil. I think we just lose a little bit of security about knowing that at this time, this is what we're going to do. So it can be somewhat anxiety provoking. And it's, you know, we're talking more subconsciously than we are consciously. At the same time, I I think there's value in recognizing that and thinking about how do I want to structure Not only my holidays, but my days and weeks and months so that I can have security in what I'm doing in that time. So I'm getting the most out of my life and feeling really good about basically what these traditions are that we're talking about are cyclical habits. Right. Thanksgiving only comes around once a year, but we have the habits around that holiday when we're when we're there. And I think one of the interesting things that you and I can talk about is. When it comes to Thanksgiving, Christmas, and New Year's, that whole, what they call the holiday season, there's a lot of, I don't want to say a push, but when it comes to marketing, there really is to eat badly, to not be working out, to be spending a lot of money, and that's just what you do in that time of year. And so if we had the ability to be very purposeful about what we're doing with that time, especially because it's pretty unavoidable, unavoidable to be spending money, right? If you're, if you're in a position like I am, you're gonna, going to be buying a lot of gifts. You're going to be probably traveling to some degree. You're going to be not working for some amount of time. So there's going to be a lot of money going out of the bank account. But if you can make the decision that this is actually when I review the past year and I plan the next year in a way that allows me to really hit the ground running right now. It's not about, oh, January 1st, but right now, as I have a lot of gratitude, as I live out these traditions that have meant so much to me in my life, as I spend time with family, spend time with friends, reconnect with old relationships that, you know, throughout the last year, I haven't had the opportunity to as much, That can be of so much value for someone's life. And that's something that I'm really trying to do more this year than I have in past years. And I think, well, what do you think about that, Tommy?
1: Well, I think it is a great time because it's a change in the routine. Like you said, there's going to be some days off. There's going to be going back to old traditions of friends and family seeing people you haven't seen in some time, especially for me living out in Kansas and not being back at home in Ohio. It's a great time to reflect on what has my routine been, what has been going well, what has been going wrong, what do I need to change? And I would agree that it doesn't necessarily need to be January 1 at the start of a new year because to me, and I heard this on Rogan, If you can recognize that you should be doing something in order to better better yourself, like a New Year's resolution, why don't you start tomorrow or today, really? Because in essence, tomorrow never comes, right? We are always in the moment right now. And that doesn't mean we shouldn't plan for the future, but we have to recognize that if there is that thing that you're trying to, you know, push off until new year's one today, today is the new year. Today is the new day. Today is the new week. And if you procrastinate and push that off, yes, there can be some value around the tradition of setting goals. You know, this is going to be my year, but all that time in between now and January 1st is ticking away. So, to me, it's, it's a good time to reflect, and maybe you can have some value in seeing January 1st as a time to implement these new things. At the same time, use the time in between now and January 1st in order to establish a real plan of right. the things that you can recognize that you want to do and that you should start doing.
0: Yeah, I agree with you. I'm glad we're on the same page there. When it comes to the rest of the holidays, is there anything that we want to discuss around I don't know,
1: you got a big President's day tradition? Or... <laughs> well, not necessarily, you know, low level traditions. I feel like we've been looking at it from a five foot view, right? Mm-hmm. so can we can we move it up to the fifty thousand foot view and talk about culture as a whole, right? I know that for me, Even just at, you know, maybe a hundred foot view, when I walk into a new job, there is a culture around it and it takes time to understand what that culture is. And, you know, you move up to that 50,000 foot view, there are cultures that, or traditions and parts of holidays that as a whole the country comes together in a sense around. And when we're talking about that 50,000 foot view, Are there parts of the culture as a whole that are good, bad, or ought to be changed? And I think the larger the group, right, with 350 million people in the country, when we start changing traditions and changing ideas around holidays, we have to recognize the trade-offs of, yes, maybe this is a, a bad tradition, but... There's going to also be the baked-in anxiety and nervousness around these changes. And I don't necessarily want to presuppose, but because there's been a lot of shifts in culture in general in the past 8 to 10 years, and we also see a giant spike in depression and mental health and wellness, I, I also think there's some social media baked into that. But should we be looking at this as a whole from a higher viewpoint and saying, you know, we're making these changes, but we either need to do it in a slower rate to allow people to be comfortable with the changes, or are there things we shouldn't be changing because it is part of our country, our state, our city as a tradition?
0: I have so much I want to say based on what you just went through there. That was awesome, Tommy. Thank you for laying out the next part of the conversation. (laughs) The first part that I want to address is one of the first things you said, and that is when you're starting a new job, you see that there's a culture there and you are looking for your place inside that culture a little bit, right? When I first started my first job out of college, I really loved that opportunity because I was pretty quickly able to establish myself in my own mind and in everyone else's as one of the people that regularly attended the gym at the office, that was a high performer that did well on the job. And when all three of those things were in place, it felt awesome that that was my everyday role and my place in the culture. So it was unfortunate that not everyone was able to establish themselves as a high performer. Throughout my first six months with the company, I saw probably eight people in my division come and go uh, that were basically on my same level, but that couldn't become a high performer right away. So you establishing that place in the culture, if you decide when you're starting in a new role in a new place to be very intentional and say, here's my goal, here is the role that I want to be playing, you can set up your life to be doing so well, just by deciding I'm going to give about 115% effort for these for for the first month. That's all it's going to take to then say, well, I've gone to the gym four days a week, every week for the first four weeks, pretty easy for me to pack my bag on Monday morning, right? Like it's not that hard to then just continue in that role and continue on the pace that you've been on. Uh, the other part of your question or, or the topics you brought up was around national culture for the holidays. There's one holiday in particular that I want to speak about and advocate for that it might be controversial, to, to be frank. In the past, I don't know how many years, on October 11th, I've heard a lot more about Indigenous Peoples Day than I have heard about Columbus Day. and. I've heard a lot of people call Columbus Day, oh it's it's musty old Columbus Day, nobody wants to care about that. Recognize that there aren't that many national holidays, right? We have 11 or 12 of them. So we have about one a month. So for the entire month of October, that is the only national holiday we have. I had a proposal in my mind. I haven't actually proposed it in front of I haven't sent it up to our state representatives or, you know, sent it into Congress or anything, but in order to recognize the value. I wish that Columbus Day was Columbus and Amerigo Vespucci Day. Because when you look at the history of our country, that's what we're talking about. We are talking about the essence that allowed us to become the United States of America being started on Columbus Day, right? Columbus didn't found the nation, he found the nation. And that is such a cool idea that the fact that about half the country doesn't want to celebrate that at all and calls it an evil is absurd and insane to me. And the reason that I say we should make it Columbus and Amerigo Vespucci Day is because America is named after Amerigo Vespucci. And it's because there was some, I I don't need to give you the entire history lesson, but basically some map writer thought that Vespucci had actually founded it, so he called it America. All of that is to say, we need to recognize that the consolidation of the world, which you and I read about in Sapiens, was an inevitability. And the different cultures clashing was also an inevitability. And we see it still today. There are different cultures. We're we're watching the, the World Cup, or some people are watching the World Cup. I'm not, actually. But the culture of the Middle East and Southeast Asia is clashing with western culture right now around alcohol and homosexuality and some of these things and even today yes you know the clashes are happening on a soccer field but that political tension is still there and when we look at columbus and the founding of our nation to me it is an inherent good that the united states exists today and the world would be a much different and a much worse place if the united states did not exist in the world today. So we need to recognize that the roots that allowed that founding to occur in 1776 were laid in 1492. And that should be something that every American, including full-blooded native Americans are proud of in our country's history.
1: So I want to, I agree with you almost wholeheartedly.
0: I think The whole heart, the almost, just going right to my heart.
1: No, just go ahead. (laughs) I think we should be celebrating Columbus Day for all the reasons you've given. But I think that we can also recognize that the individual may not have been all good. We can recognize that people are mostly gray and that, you know, it's a very exciting thing that Columbus found the nation. But we can also recognize that this individual also was in it for money, started to enslave the inhabitants uh that he found here. And that although, yes, it's a net good for the world that America is here and alive and I'd like to say thriving, but <laughs> we can also recognize, and it, it could be a day. To look back at how far we've come, where pillaging and raping was the, the norm. And now, due to the Western culture and Western belief, yes, we've had ups and downs, but we also have a constitution that we strive for the treatment of you know equality between all men and women. And yes. so I, I think we, we, ought to, we ought to look at both the good and the bad and still celebrate the good while recognizing that no individual is perfect, right. that, that yes, there were atrocities that occurred. But again, I think when, when we do that flip immediately into this is the worst day in, in our country's history, um, and I'm taking it far to one side, right? Mm-hmm. Like the, the very radical conclusion on one end, it's going to really frustrate the people that believe in the country or believe in that holiday and can recognize the good, right? So I think there is room for improvement where we can both celebrate it, but also recognize that this individual may not have been the best individual.
0: Well, we're not celebrating the individual.
1: Nobody other than the events around
0: asking for money, the actual sailing and the landing and some of the treatment of the people he immediately met. Not everything is known about the guy from, you know, five and a half centuries ago. So no, I'm not celebrating the person really as much as the activity of the founding. So yeah, the, the event of the founding. Thank you. And you're right. You know, everybody has their flaws and, Show me the perfect person, I'll show you Jesus Christ. And outside of that, absolutely no one. So for me, any time that a person is included in the celebration of a holiday, which that's like, other than President's Day, it's like the only one. MLK Day? Like, yeah, everyone is... Nobody really argues that Martin Luther King Jr. Day should be a day. I think it should. I I enjoyed that holiday.
1: I 100% think it should.
0: But... Everything has come out recently as well about the possibility that he was a bad actor when it comes to female relationships. I don't need to get into all the details there, but if that's the case or not, we're not celebrating what he did in his private life. We're celebrating the fact that he was an example of progress for racial equality, and he stood up and led the way in peaceful protesting, which allowed us to fulfill our nation's, and and he referred back to our nation's founding and talked about the idea that all men are created equal in the eyes of God, and said, you know, if we look at this, obviously we are not living up to this right now. So all that he was asking for is that we fulfill the creed that founded our nation. And because of that, you know he's immemorialized, and we we celebrate him every year, well deserved in my opinion.
1: I I would make, I would make the same argument there as I do for for Columbus Day. I I think the things the positives that he stood for. The the dream that people were judged based on the content of their character and not the color of their skin is what should be celebrated, and we can also recognize that. Martin Luther King Jr had his faults. And the thing is if we just go back in time and cancel people based on the cultural norms of the day, we're never going to get anywhere. We can we can learn from the past and say these were the goods, these were the bads. We still ought to celebrate the goods and and the progress and the movement forward. And to me that's that's what startles me about the shifting of our culture in a a very fast pace without the cultural recognition that these days present.
0: Yes, I agree with you. And to speak about the last day that has specific individuals associated with it, I think President's Day is another good example where that was basically it's, I forget which president's birthday it's on, but it's one of Washington or uh, Lincoln. And there's been pushes by the far left radicals in this country of recent to tear down statues of both of them and to take away their names off of buildings and libraries and whatnot. But if we as a country can't recognize the good that they brought to the national conversation and How they forwarded the goals of the nation and kept us together during two of the most tumultuous times in our nation's history. And we can't sit back and appreciate that. It's really hard to imagine that we have any national
1: culture that unites us all, right? A hundred percent. And it's it's to me one of the most important takeaways that I would ask the viewers to think about is it when we're looking back in time whether it's at the 50,000 foot view or the 5 foot view what are the traditions cultures groups that you associate with and how have they led to positive or even negative impact in in one's individual's life so i'd ask for you know as we kind of close up this conversation you know, give us some feedback. What are some exciting, fun traditions that you and your family or you and your friends have, whether it be around holidays or whether it be around when you guys all get together? I'd be curious to hear. We've, we've shared our, our fun little vignettes and stories. I'd be very curious to hear what our listeners' traditions are. As would I. And I think that
0: as we approach a new year, it's always a good time to plan out like I said, the possible new traditions, every day is a new day, every year is a new year. And you could decide right now that, and if I can make one last appeal as well, one of the things that you and I have done recently is discuss how we plan on moving forward in our lives in the future and started implementing that. And one of the things that has been really helpful in that is planning out our weeks. A week in advanced. And one of the ways that that's helpful for me is as a as a Christian, I go to church once a week at least. And having that as the beginning of a new week is really big as it gives me the opportunity to reflect and look forward and think about how I can move my life forward. So take the opportunity if you can to enjoy the holidays. We would love to hear about your traditions, like you said, and consider how maybe this week you're able to start something new that can give your life a little bit more meaning. And from both of us here at Brace, we wish you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year.
1: Happy Holidays. Bye bye. Bye. Good morning, afternoon, or evening, whenever you're listening to this Brace podcast. We ask you to follow us on Instagram at brace.22. Paul's Twitter is at Paul from Brace. And be sure to email us at brace22 at protonmail.com. Please leave us a five-star review wherever you are listening and send to a friend if you found value in this discussion. Thanks. We appreciate it.